episode number seven, The Modern Guide to Codependency and Burnout, part three of four. I'm so excited to have you back. Parts one and two, we got deep into codependency, covering everything codependency related. What are the symptoms? What could it look like in your life? And now parts three and four are dedicated to changing our behavioral patterns. And in this episode number seven, we're going to get into detachment, also known as the art of letting go. You're going to learn all about what it means to let go, how to do it, why it could change your life, what are the three different types, and so much more. Stay tuned. Before we get into it, I would love to read our review of the week, which comes from a user named Kay Pomps, who wrote, Amazing. She left a five-star review and wrote, Amber hit the nail on the head with this podcast, exclamation point. She speaks on so many topics that I've experienced but always have been too afraid to confront on my own, and she does so in such a compassionate way. I can't wait to hear more, exclamation point, exclamation point. K-Poms, thank you so, so much for writing this review and for taking the time to leave your feedback And for everyone else who have left reviews and have written in feedback, thank you so much. Your feedback, your commentary, your reviews, it's what fuels me. Taking the time to leave the reviews and write your feedback, that helps me get the word out about the show. So thank you so, so much. And we're getting right into the episode in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Hello friends, welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout podcast. Today we are picking right up where we left off, and this, we're just going to get right to business, no messing around today. We already know what codependency means. And you usually know you're engaging in codependent behavior when you're obsessing about someone else. It's all you could talk about. You're ruminating and thinking about it way after the interaction is over. You're reviewing your steps. You're reviewing your actions. And you're thinking, did I do the right thing? Could I do anything else? And you enter into full-on spiraling mode. And this looks different on every codependent. And we covered all of those specific behaviors in part one or part two. And today I want to share one of my favorite practices to help manage codependent behaviors. And this practice is called detachment. And you usually know that it's a good time to detach when you're spiraling, when you're obsessing, when you find yourself caretaking, when you find yourself in advice-giving mode, in fixer mode, in enabling mode, when the best, the best example I could give is when you feel like you can't help yourself but to caretake, to fix, when you feel like this is your noble duty 
to step up to the plate and, and do something or rescue someone else, I will say that is the best time to practice detachment. When it is the hardest to detach, that's how you know this is when you need to detach. So what the heck is detachment? When I first heard of detachment, I thought, there's no way I could do that. Because detachment is exactly like it sounds. It's letting go. It's just like Elsa says in Frozen. It's letting it go. It's shutting the door. Whatever else Elsa says, it's completely releasing. And when you're codependent, that seems like the scariest thing to do. You want me to release? I can't release. I love this person. I care for them. I want to be nice. I want to be selfless. I love them. I am called to do this because that's just who I am. And it's scary to detach, but I'm here to share with you today that detachment is not cold. It is not icy. It is not rude. It is not selfish. Detachment is releasing in love. And it's something that you need to do to take care of you. And it's something that in the long run is going to free you. And it's so scary to do. And that first step to detach is so terrifying and uncomfortable. But I promise when you lean into the discomfort, when you let yourself feel the discomfort and you choose to let go anyways, that is where freedom happens. And the more you practice detachment, the easier it gets. Further elaborating here, we know detachment is releasing in love. It could come in so many different shapes and forms and everyone chooses to practice it in a different way. At its root, it is releasing in love and it's accepting that we can't solve anyone else's problems. The only person we could save is ourselves. So the sooner we could recognize when we go into saving mode, when we go into obsessing mode, when we feel all consumed and like we can't stop worrying about someone else, what they're doing, where are they, are they okay, are they mad at me, what's going on with them, when you're processing that in your head and ruminating, when you're calling friends to vent about it, this is a perfect time to detach. Detachment is not only releasing in love, it's shifting the focus from someone else to yourself and shifting the focus on what you can control, which is you. And the practice of releasing could happen in so many different ways, but first let's talk about the three different types of detachment. Detachment could be physical, emotional, or mental, meaning you could detach by physically walking away from someone else from hanging up the phone, leaving the situation, ending the Zoom call, telling the person you'll talk to them tomorrow, walking away from a situation. Emotional detachment could be recognizing, oh crap, I noticed that I'm starting to engage in codependency. I need to emotionally free this person and give myself permission to not save them. And we'll get into specific examples of all three of these. Mental detachment would be when you're giving yourself permission to mentally let go in your mind. When your mind is spinning round and around and around and you choose to walk away from the thought. So first, let's talk about physical because I think physical detachment is the easiest to um, conceptualize or, or to 
to wrap your head around when first learning detachment. So let's say you're in a situation and you're with a loved one and they come home from work and they're having a terrible day. You notice they're in a bad mood. They snap at you. And like any good people pleaser or codependent would, you find yourself, oh my gosh, I feel like I did something wrong. I must have done something wrong. What did I do? You're in the conversation and you feel yourself starting to get really anxious. Oh my gosh, did I do something wrong to make this person mad at me? What's up? What's going on? You're freaking out. When you find yourself feeling that way, it's a great time to detach physically. So what could that look like? In this situation, it would be acknowledging, okay, this person's having a bad day. I'm going to choose to walk away now. So it would be in a loving way, asking your loved one, hey, what's going on? Is there anything you want to talk about? You, you seem like you're, like you had a bad day, like there's something on your mind. What's going on? They don't want to talk. That's fine. This would be an excellent time to walk away. Because for some codependents, I know for me personally, when that bad mood comes up, it could be very tempting to go into fixer mode or rescue mode. So that's what physical detachment would look like. It would look like walking away. Next, we have emotional detachment. So this would be a time where you feel compelled to rescue or to save someone else. So let's say, for example... You're just finishing a long day at work and you booked yourself for a spin class. And your significant other has come home from work and doesn't know what to eat for dinner and calls you in a panic. I don't know what to eat for dinner. What do you mean you're going to spin class? Oh no, what am I going to eat? Uh, I can't believe you're going to spin class. And, and you just feel so bad. You're like, oh, well... I could make them dinner. I don't have to go to spin class. So then instead of going to your favorite spin class, you feel so bad and you're tempted to go home and make this person dinner. So an emotional detachment would be, okay, I'm recognizing emotionally I'm starting to feel responsible. I'm starting to feel like I need to caretake or rescue hmm, this person is capable of making their own dinner, of fending for themselves. It's going to be okay. And it would be in your mind saying, I'm choosing to let go. I'm not going to accept responsibility for this person feeling badly or feeling helpless. They're not helpless. They could figure it out on their own. So it would be detaching in that moment and staying at spin class and not cruising on home to cook this person meatloaf. Next up, next up we have mental detachment. So mental detachment, I believe, is one of the hardest ones to let go of. That would be when you're by yourself and when you're obsessing and worrying. And another form of this, and for me personally, this was one of the hardest ones to let go of. It's not just ruminating on your own, spinning around and around and around. It's then choosing to ruminate over and over and over again with anyone who will listen. So maybe with your best friend, maybe with your mom, maybe with your brother, maybe with your grandma, whoever that is. It would be continuing the conversation, seeking answers that are just not possible to seek. And there is a point where verbal processing is very useful. But you yourself know when you're in that obsessive, worrying spiral when it's unproductive. And it could be really hard to crawl out of it. That time when you feel like you can't crawl out of it, that is the perfect time 
to detach, to let go. So those are the three types of detachment, mental, physical, and emotional. And what detachment does is it lets you take a step back and rather than quickly reacting to a situation. So in that spin class example, rather than without even skipping a beat, you're in your car driving home ready to make the meatloaf, (laughs) rather than doing that and quickly reacting, it gives you a chance to take a step back and respond. So whenever we caretake, enable, worry excessively about trying to make someone like us or accept us, that truly is controlling behavior. And controlling someone else or forcing things to happen is unkind. And whenever we find ourselves thinking, well, I know best, you're at your spin class and you're like, well, he doesn't know how to make meatloaf. I need to get in my car and do it for him because I make the best meatloaf and I know best. Or when you find yourself advice giving thinking, I know what this person needs. This is what they should be doing or have to do. That's a perfect time to detach because when we attempt to control people or things that we have no business controlling, we really are putting a wrench in God's plan. We're we're taking away God's power. Controlling behavior blocks God's blessings each and every time. So whenever we could recognize that we're reacting rather than responding, we're running a, a default script rather than actually choosing our next behavior, it's a perfect time to let go. So when you're in that mode where you're like, I just can't help myself, but tell my best friend for the upteenth time as she's venting about her loser boyfriend, I can't help but give her the advice right now. When you find yourself there, perfect time to detach. Let Becky learn her own lessons and you could walk away and do something else for the day. It's truly an opportunity when we detach to stop victimizing ourselves. How often do you find yourself thinking, oh my gosh, I give so much to this person. I am so selfless. I do all of these things. Why, 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 why are they not loving me, accepting me? Why, why don't they take my advice? And here's the thing. You are not a victim. Everyone is responsible for him or herself. Unless someone is an infant, is handicapped, is mentally or physically just simply not capable, other than those situations, everyone is responsible for him or herself. We, we especially as women, are taught these lies that, that we need to be selfless. We need to serve other people. We need to be nice. We don't want to make anyone feel bad. And we're taught to ignore our own needs. And as we do that, we're taught that caretaking, enabling, is what we need to do. And it feels good to be needed. And that's how we are loved. We're loved for being needed. But you don't need to caretake to be lovable. You have power. Choose your power. Don't give it away. Recognizing when you're feeling like a victim, when you're spiraling, when you're feeling overly responsible, when you're obsessing, perfect time to detach. And we could detach not just in those three ways. So you recognize the behavior, 
you choose to detach, well, what the heck happens once you walk away and then you start spiraling? This is a perfect time to think about your thinking. It's the perfect time to do something else to distract yourself, to do something that feels good for you, to shift your focus inward. What do I need to feel good? Okay, I'm recognizing that I'm spiraling here. What do I need to do? Do I need to visually take a moment and visualize myself turning over the situation to a higher power? Do I need to dance it out? Do I need to write a note, an angry letter to this person and rip it up? Do I need to say some affirmations to myself and remind myself that I am powerful and I don't need to to stand for this? What do I need to do to feel good? And when you start detaching and then asking yourself those questions and looking within and accepting that it's okay to let go, it is okay to take your power back and not give your power away to another person, that is where the magic happens. Detachment is a lifelong practice. It's not something that happens overnight. And it's something that will look very different on everyone else. My hope for you is that through this episode, you could better recognize when you need to detach. You could understand that there are three different ways to do it. And you could begin asking yourself those questions to shift from others-focused to self-focused. In part four, we are going deeper into how to heal from codependent behavior. And you're not going to want to miss the last part of the series. Please let me know if you have any questions about detachment. Let me know your thoughts. Submit your questions to amberconleycoaching at gmail.com. And I will see you in the next episode. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light. And I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.